Your twins took two of three from the Blue Jays, but the last one was painful. We're going to break it down. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. This is Locked On Twins Live. If you are watching on YouTube right now, otherwise, thanks for checking us out wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube after the fact. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as a reminder, real quick here, be active in the YouTube comments. We'd love to chat with you, chop it up with you, and have some fun there. Also, too, if you have questions you'd like answered on the show, Ask them in the chat room now or ask them on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins or just hit the DMs because they're open on both sides. Also, too, Locked on Twins breathless post game minute after every ish game uh, as soon as we can. If there's enough interest, we'll get some pregame ones, too. But that has not been quite the case to this point. The Twins will play the Brewers on Tuesday. So we got a day off here on Monday. 6.40 p.m. first pitch. Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns. So should be a good one. A's, uh, excuse me, the Brewers coming in, getting swept by the A's. So we'll have some uh, discussion on that in addition to this Blue Jays series. But again, Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns, you can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. I believe it's going to be Corey and Danny back at it, Paul Molitor. On the road trip, but I believe his duties have uh, completed. So you can go on SiriusXM, the SXM app. Just search Twins. So we've got a fun show here for you. Twins coming up on two against the Brewers at Target Field, starting a 10-game homestand. And as we run down, it is going to be two with the Brewers, four with the Tigers, And then I believe four with the Red Sox before the Twins head back out on the road. So should be a good one. Twins 33 and 33. Not particularly exciting at this point. They've been just kind of bouncing back and forth from um, up one, down one of 500. And Cleveland got the W on Sunday. Both teams off on Monday. So Twins will go into the Brewers series with at least a one-and-a-half game lead. It's a pretty lean slate Monday across MLB. So we will take a look here first at the – so Twins take two or three. And, again, we talk about the optics of, um, you know, when a team takes two of three, how much different is it if they take two of three with a win-loss-win, loss-win-win, win-win-loss – and I feel like, yeah, we maybe get a little bit tied up in the fact that what we see most recently kind of colors our vision moving forward. Now, with that said, because it was such a loss, a frustrating loss on Sunday, I get that. But the funny thing that's in play here. So the Blue Jays came to Target Field at the end of May, ice cold, had lost nine of their previous 11, right? Just skittering, last place in the AL East. And they take two of three at Target Field, where the Twins are above 500. Twins, meanwhile, now five straight losses coming into this series. 
and the Jays had won seven of eight, and the Twins take two of three. Twins on the road so far this season. I had it pulled up here and not went away. Um, they're under 500, though. Twins under 500 on the road. And so just a little bit surprising. Yeah, 15 and 19. That's that's what I thought. Um, just surprising to see the Twins go in and take care of business the way they did, quote, unquote. Granted, Friday's game was a pleasant surprise, but a surprise nonetheless. Less, excuse me. Um, but yeah, two or three, it really did look like a sweep though. Um, it did look like a sweep was in the offing as the game started. Uh, first six twins reaching against Kevin Gaussman blitzed him for four runs before he could even record an out. And yeah, it kind of looked as though maybe he was tipping pitches. I can't say for sure that he was. And also too, he's really fastball split. So it's not as though... You know, if you sit fastball and eliminate the split unless he's really locating it well, there are games like this where he will struggle. And also, too, I think the Twins have hit him to a um, an ERA of over five over his career. Now, granted, the Orioles days were a bit of a struggle for him, but still the raw stuff was there. But again, he has not been that much of a challenge for them so far in his career. Anyway, Twins blow 4-0 and 6-1 leads on the way to the loss. Um you really you really can only blame I mean Emilio Pagan shoulders a lot of the load for this one. And it, again, it, it I'm just getting kind of tired about talking about Emilio Pagan, you know what I mean? Just uh you know, when you see him come through that bullpen door, Twins have a lead late, and it's been it's been so long since we could feel even decent about that. Um, but the situation, so the Twins, a lot of their big guys are either down or only use in a real pinch. So Pagan comes out to face 7-8-9, right? Shouldn't be that big of a deal. Well, Alejandro Kirk drops a single into right. Espinal rolls one just past a diving Correa. And then the ninth batter, Kevin Biggio, hitting a buck 86 on the season. 2-0, and Pagan does exactly what he does, and he absolutely pipes a fastball. And let me tell you, I don't care if Kevin Biggio is hitting 186, 286, 386, or 586. That was so predictable. And... Um, I'm done with, I'm done with Pagan. And again, I know it took me a lot longer than a lot of other people to, uh, get to that level, but I, uh, the optics of keeping him on this team and the fact that he was the next option to use in this game says a lot. If we look at the bullpen usage, so Brock Stewart had worked three of the last four games, granted, only one pitch on Saturday, but was going to be down. Um, Jose De Leon had thrown 31 pitches. Griffin Jacks had already pitched. Ovani Moran had already pitched. Duran was probably down. It really left it up to Josh Winder and Emilio Pagan. So, at that point, do you you go to Pagan because he's the veteran? He did close games for a spell early in his career, um, but again. I think that's why I'm done with him because you may as well just have someone on your roster that you want to give a look at. 
I mean, if you look at the St. Paul Saints right now, right now, I want to I want to pull up their their bullpen because they have so many guys not on the 40 man roster right now who are interesting enough to give a look to. Um, also, Kenta Maeda is due back anytime now. He pitched on Saturday. Um, it seems to indicate that they want him to start, in which case I know they're not going to want Louis Varland to work out of the bullpen, but I would much rather see Louis Varland out of the bullpen than I would Emilio Pagan. So if you look at some of the relievers, Patrick Murphy, a lot of walks, but he's been throwing the absolute crap out of the ball. Um, besides that, uh, Cody Funderburk has been interesting. Oliver Ortega. Uh, I'd even give Jordan Belazovich a look, and he's on the 40. But, um, you know, I, I would just – I would so much rather see Ronnie Enriquez, who has been absolutely pasted down there. I would still rather get the chance to see someone different. I'm just that, – that's how done I am with Emilio Pagan. And, again, I know I have been overly conservative when it comes to cutting guys to the to the point where people have actually been uh, pretty annoyed. You know, they, they think I'm – some kind of team spokesperson or something. And really, really basically my entire thing is it's really hard to have absolute truth in a game of grays. There's not a lot of black and white in today's game. So I see what teams like about Emilio Pagan in the sense that he throws the crap out of the ball. He can cut it, whatever. But it's at this point, I don't care if he goes to Tampa Bay and saves 15 games with a sub two ERA the rest of the way. It's not going to happen here full stop it's just not he needs to go and it's very rare that you will hear me speak this definitively on um yeah on on anything so let's um let's take our first pause here talk about ebay motors and if you need any parts for your car, eBay Motors is the way to go. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you see parts and ex need, excuse me, parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay's guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And you'll be back in the game in no time with over 122 million parts to choose from. That's not a typo. That's not me misspeaking for the first time and probably ever. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items. Uh, only exclusions do apply. Well, a lot going on here. Twins getting ready to take on the Brewers for a quick two-game series. Recorded a quick hit with Chuck Fryman of Locked On Brewers. That should show up here early in the week, possibly as early as Monday. Twins open with the Brewers on Tuesday, 6.40 p.m., um, Tell me in the chat if you guys like the 640s. I like the 640s over the 710s just because I like to, I mean, maybe it's because I'm old, but I like to get to bed a little earlier. But I also, too, like games that are going quicker. It just gives me more time to prepare content for after games and that sort of thing. And so 
yeah, it's uh, I like the 640s, but I'd like to know if you guys do as well. Pablo Lopez and Corbin Burns in the opener, and then you will get to see Colin Ray against Bailey Ober in the series finale. Again, it feels so strange to have a series opener and a series closer one after the other. Here's to hoping for a sweep. Well, you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins, and if you have been listening to those games, you will know that there is a a, a commercial that I recorded appearing on the air on that channel. So kind of cool. You're already here listening to us right now, but uh, and we appreciate that. But, too, you can hear me and this voice that some people don't seem to like on uh, on SiriusXM. So that's pretty exciting. Also, too, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Um, if you are listening, though, on the radio, again, SiriusXM, SXM app, search Twins. And, um, you know, again, two games set coming up here with the Brewers. Then the Twins have the Tigers and the Red Sox. Hard to imagine a better way to line up the upcoming schedule when you look at the fact that the Tigers are 1-9 and nine in their last 10. The Brewers are coming off getting swept by the 17-50 and 50 Oakland A's. And the Red Sox are 33 and 33, just like the Twins, and in last place. So it's a homestand that should be a get-right homestand, but we've been able to say that all season long, and the Twins haven't really been able to deliver. So that has been kind of frustrating. We do have, though, and I'm uh, I'm not going to be real good at putting this up here. I, I, I uploaded it into our system. But our, our old friend Nash had a really fun tweet. I'm going to put it up on the screen. It's going to cover up the whole screen. But he says, 42 of the Twins' next 56 games are against teams that are at or below 500, including 22 against the Royals, Tigers, and Athletics. Always good to hear from uh, Nash, who is doing just wonderful work with the Reno Aces, AAA, um, AAA Reno Aces. So, uh, yeah, this is a get right situation where the twins need to really turn it on here and pick up some steam also too i mean a lot of their schedule is played in the sense that you know they've, they're done with the astros they're done with the yankees they're done with the blue jays um they've got some red Sox left coming up here but the red Sox are not exactly what i would call um you know burning down the house but the the royals and tigers i really want to see the twins clean up on they got to clean up on their division because they don't play as much of it anymore. And I'm not telling you anything new that you haven't heard yet, but um, I, I would love to see the twins finally show that this offense is more than just uh, one run one day, one run the next day, and then eight runs the day after that, or nine runs a day. Like some semblance of consistency would be nice to see. And it's, it's just not there yet. And even in a micro sense, twin score four runs, first six batters reach, then they go radio silent until the fifth inning. And then in the fifth inning, Donnie Solani, of all people, hits his first home run as a twin off Kevin Gaussman, and that's it. Twins give up three in the bottom half, and then three in the eighth. Again, I, I, I keep lamenting it, but three in the eighth in about the most frustrating way possible. 
you bring in Emilio Pagan, and as we covered earlier in the show, he only had um, – he was basically the only one available other than Josh Winder. And so um, Pagan comes in. You get him facing 7, 8, 9. It lines up the exact way you would hope. I don't know. You don't know. None of us know what the ninth inning would have looked like. It didn't matter because it never got to that point. But um, first three guys reach. Single, single, and then Cabin Biggio, again, hitting buck 86 coming into the game, and he just absolutely pastes a middle-middle pitch from Pagan into the seats. I mean, it it could have been scripted that way. It was so predictable. And then, of course, of course, the next three guys go down in order. George Springer, Bo Bichette, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Now, again, I know that Springer's not having the kind of season you would expect of him, and you could say the same about Vlad. Uh, Bo Bichette might win the batting title in the AL, even after going 0 for 5 today. But just like it could not have been more infuriating to see Pagan shut down 1, 2, 3 after 7, 8, and 9 basically rocked his world. And again, I'm done with Pagan. I know a lot of you have been done for a long time, and I don't blame you. We don't get paid to make those decisions, and so whatever. But um, mm. the optics of him staying on this team just don't work for me. Even if you send back Varland and bring Hedrick back as a reliever, any number of things, you, you just, Pagan can't be in that situation anymore. And again, that, that's what happens you know, on the front end of a series. If you use Duran aggressively, it, it's th- it bubbles up the rest of the series. And you have to be aware of that. And I don't think fans necessarily take that into consideration. But, but with that said, um, and that's why Moran worked as long as he did. But if that's the case, if you know that's the case, I don't know. I mean, the other issue is this. If you put Griffin Jacks back out there and, you know, he's then he's worked three of the last four. You put him out there for the eighth to face seven, eight, nine. You still need someone to get one, two, three. Do you really trust Pagan to do that? Now, the flip side of that is, were they trusting Pagan to do that anyway? That's where it gets tricky because if they were trusting Pagan to do that anyway, um, then maybe you only want him to face three guys, limit his exposure. But again, there's not really a right answer here because, again, you're using Emilio Pagan. So he's got to go. I'm sorry. I, I'm sure there are people out there who are still in in on Emilio Pagan. And his season numbers, we can pull those up. They aren't, even, even with today's blow up, like they're not devastatingly bad. 4.61 ERA is unsightly, 3.38 FIP. Uh, really hard to fall back on a FIP, though, when the blow ups are as... I can't say often. They're not as they're not often. They are just as obvious as they are, or as meaningful as they are. I mean, props to him. He's only given up two home runs in 27 and a third innings. That's by far his lowest home run rate of his career, and it's not even close. Strikeouts are there. He's not walking anybody. But for whatever reason, when he needs a strike, it's like the only place he can throw it is middle middle. Uh, it. I don't even know how to break that down. 
It's so inexplicable. It's so absolutely, um, it just, it's just brain bending that that's how it happens. And like, I, I, I started saying though too, like he throws hard. He's got good secondary stuff in the sense that it, it's got good velo. It's got good cut. It's got good secondary numbers in terms of, um, you know, all the pitch effects stuff that our friend Jeremy um, knows about on Twitter. But it's just the the execution isn't there in any sort of leverage. So, I mean, the problem is you can't have a guy like that on the roster and a guy like Josh Winder, who they really don't trust at all. And De Leon, he's kind of getting there, but he's not there yet. Um, Pagan was basically forced into this role, and I I don't think I'm even kidding. I think I would rather have seen Patrick Murphy, a 28-year-old triple-A journeyman with, let's see, 35 career big league games, almost 40 career big league innings with an ERA of almost five. That's how little I want to see more of Emilio Pagan. That's what it's gotten to. Ryan Linderholm actually brings up a really good question here is who are some relievers the twins should target in a trade? So a lot of times what it comes down to is like, we look at the, the Juli, uh, Jorge Lopez, sorry, uh, not Julio Lopez. The Jorge Lopez trade is an anomaly for a lot of reasons. It was a reliever pitching very well on a team that seemed to be on an upward swing, especially if we consider what the Orioles look like right now with multiple years of control. Uh, usually it's players in a walk year and it's um, relievers who, if they have multiple years of control are not that exciting. So I, I stay in the division. First and foremost, I look at the Royals. Um, a lot of people talking about, Eraldis Chapman. I have no interest in Eraldis Chapman. Um, to accuse me if you want of being, uh, you know, politics or whatever you want. I, I just don't need that human on the baseball team that I watch every day. Uh, I would I would like to see Scott Barlow. Barlow is eligible for free agency after 2024. Now, with that said, you could be pretty easily convinced if if you're the Royals that you will not be contending before then and a 30 year old reliever who has been good not great this year would be um a fine fit so barlow for me is kind of the one i keep coming back to i also like there was someone else in their bullpen i liked um what's this it might have been stalmont uh, Amir Garrett, who's actually on the injured list right now. Um, I like Amir Garrett. He walks too many guys, but he throws the crap out of the ball from the left side. I mean, if you want some help and you don't think you're getting Caleb Fieldbar back anytime soon, maybe that's the ticket. But also, too, you look at this bullpen, and adding and subtracting isn't as easy as just these guys suck. you got to figure it out. When Kenta comes back, somebody's got to be subtracted. Is it Varland? Is it Winder? Do they actually ever DFA Pagan? I don't know. When Alcala comes back, he can just go to AAA if he's healthy enough, and it's a stress fracture, so it's probably not going to be anytime soon. Um, Cole Sands in that mix, Steel Bar, etc. Um, 
and then offensive guys too getting healthy. There, there's going to be roster crunches at some point, not only on the the 26 man roster, but the 40 man roster altogether. And that's when you start looking at guys like you know if if Celestino is healthy here soon, he needs a 40 man spot. He doesn't have to be in the big leagues. He's got another option here left. But do the Twins have to DFA Max Kepler to make room on the 40? And again, I'm sure nobody in this chat or on this show is going to be like, no, you can't do that. It, we all know where Max Kepler stands in the eyes of fans and then quite the opposite in the eyes of the front office, which I know people are, um, you know, that's a point of contention. But, you know, so Buxton and Gallo, if they come back for the Brewers series, that's two spots you need to make. Probably Julianne and Garlic, right? Polanco, hopefully within 10 days, will be ready to come back. At, at that time, then they have to make a difficult decision. And that might be either Larnick going back. And I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't know if I'm being like much of a hater, but I just haven't been that impressed with Larnick this year. 94 runs created plus, excuse me, uh, 208 batting average, six homers. I know he's top of the team in RBIs, but. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, he's striking out too much. He struck out. And somebody mentioned this in the chat. I actually wanted to pull that up because it was a, a really good, uh, really good comment. Um, yeah, Bob, how ironic that a twins hitter with a tying run 90 feet away takes a called third strike. No idea what was going on there. That made no sense at all. I don't know if Larnick is trying to be more selective. I don't know if they're trying to make this team more selective, but it's not working. Whatever they're doing, it's not working offensively. And again, I know they scored six runs today. That should be considered progress. It's not. Like, they still went silent for far too long to be like, oh, yeah, the silver lining was this. So in that case, when Polanco comes back, you're, you're probably looking at Larnick going down. Julian and Garlic already down at that point. I had kind of assumed Willie Castro would eventually go back down. Now he's playing well enough to not go back down, although he's cooled off of late as well. Weighted runs created plus down to 95, which for a guy who plays a few different positions isn't that bad, but is not, um, you know, not must have on your roster. I, I just think it's going to get cr- kind of crowded. And that's a long roundabout way of saying, I think adding a bullpen arm could be tricky, but DFAing Pagan opens up that spot. And to me, again, I just don't need to see any more Emilio Pagan. I would have rather, like I said, gone to Patrick Murphy, Josh Winder, pretty much anybody who's thrown at least 20 innings in AAA this year than Pagan in that spot. It's fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. What's fool me 10 times? Um, I don't need to see it anymore. I don't want to see it anymore. It just, it, it, it can't happen. Ryan, again, wondering who gets sent down for Gallo when he gets back. If it's, let's say, so let's say Gallo comes back Tuesday, but Buxton doesn't, then it's garlic. I think that's pretty easy because then, um, Gallo can either DH or play first with Kirloff DHing, or you know that that isn't necessarily a one-for-one swap that uh, 
that would ne necessitate them sending specifically one or the other between Garlic and Julian back. Garlic's an outfielder. Gallo has been an outfielder infielder. But I would rather see Julian stay up just because, you know, as noted in the comment, he's already a, a good enough hitter that he needs to be getting these chances. And he'll eventually have to go back just because that's the numbers game. Again, assuming everyone gets healthy, which we've been saying all season long and hasn't happened. So Garlic would go down. And then in the case of if Buxton is activated, then it's Julianne. And then the, the tough decisions come after that, whether it's Larnick. Um, I don't think they'd send Kirilov back. But I think Larnick would go much, much, much quicker. Yeah, I mean, Kirilov's got a 400 on base percentage. He's not going anywhere. Um, but again, it'll be good to have these difficult decisions. And it still feels strange to say that they're going to have difficult decisions when this offense goes silent like they do. Like, you tell yourself, oh, the, the offense doesn't score enough. But at the same time, you look at the offense, and you're like, well, I don't really want to cut this guy or demote this guy because he's got a chance to do something. You know, the, the zeros offensively, Christian Vasquez is your number one A, one B catcher um, and seems to be doing a good job defensively, he's swinging a wet pool noodle offensively. Um, you know, Kepler is kind of on the chopping block. You know, but I think the Twins would choose sending down Larnick before cutting Kepler. So at the risk of the peril of everyone listening, um, I think Kepler rides and lives to see another day for a little while yet. Though if if everybody gets healthy at the same time, Kepler might be in trouble. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out tonight. I love doing these live shows. We get some pretty fun numbers, and, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome if you're um, – if you're trying to listen to the game tomorrow, it's Twins. Sorry, Tuesday, not tomorrow. Tomorrow's an off day. Tuesday, it's uh, Twins Brewers, Lopez and Corbin Burns. Brewers have a lot of the same issues as the Twins. They're only slightly better in the standings. And um, a lot of the same issues, though, as far as hitting, so on and so forth. You can catch every pitch of that game and the Twins hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Again, thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or check back, I'll have a segment on Locked On Brewers probably on Monday. And who knows? We're working on some more guests here. Marty Cordova's coming on the show when he comes back from Spain. We have an AJ Pierzynski episode from last week if you haven't seen it yet. Otherwise, we'll just uh, we'll hang out tomorrow. We'll talk about the upcoming Brewers series, see where it goes. Anyway, thanks for hanging out. Follow at Locked on Twins, at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Subscribe, like, give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening on. Underneath here, click the subscribe button. Otherwise, this is Brandon Warren signing off saying thank you so much, and don't forget to stop by tomorrow.